on this computer. Hello, and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Liam Delap is big and strong. He must have had his Weetabix. It's episode 276. And Stoke City have lost 1-0 to Alex Neil Sunderland. And joining me tonight to go over and assess what is happening at our stupid football club. I'm delighted to say I'm welcome. Uh, I'm joined by George. Hello, George. The familiar gut punch of pain and confusion <laughs> returns. Hello, Dr. Matt. Excellent start to your intro, by the way. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm quite aware of the fact that this is my sort of hosting debut, so I'm hoping you're not going to start booing me in about 10 minutes' time <laughs> once I make a mistake. Um, but, you know... Depends we'll... if you start fannying around with it at the back. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope my passion is consistent enough across the podcast <laughs> for us to, you know, get through it and, and have a nice time. So, anyway, let's let's get right into it. We lost one nil to Sunderland to a to a very well drilled, I would say, but ultimately not creative Sunderland side. And what, yeah, what what were your thoughts, George? Uh, yeah, I to be honest, I I don't think I've been that pissed off at half time before in quite a while. Um, not particularly because of anything we did. I I, I thought. And I think I'm pretty unanimous in saying the first half was really good from us. Actually, we looked like we were pressing them well. We were very intense with the ball. We were good at playing it forward. We didn't fanny around with it at the back, as people like to pretend we often do. Um, our passing game was on it. I was impressed with people like Kilkenny coming in. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly impressed with him, actually, given that he's not looked like showing much previously. And then we just do what Stoke <laughs> are meant to do a stupid, you know, a long ball over the back defender gets caught flat footed, makes up for it. And then the keeper decides, no, you deserve to be punished for that mistake. Will not. So <laughs> yeah, was... my hands are going to become ghost for a short it amount was... of time. Yeah. It, 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 the, the annoying thing was I was actually looking down at that point. I wasn't looking at the pitch and then I looked up and I saw Stuart tearing in on goal and I was like, Oh, it's been forced. What? Oh no, it's in. Right. Okay. Mm. Well, this I saw the save and I went, "Oh, he saved it," and then it hit the back of the net and I went, "Yeah, yeah." It's just it was a real, yeah, a real, a real, uh, I say, a gut punch. And I, I, I really agree with you. I don't think anyone watching that game could have said that we deserved to be one 0 down at the break. Um, I thought we were by far the better side for vast ways of that first half. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, our, our new man, which we'll move on to in a bit, Liam Delap, was up for the up for the fight and was throwing himself about. And I thought I thought we had good good interchanges, specifically on the left hand side, um, which was nice, even in the absence of mm. of Josh Timon. But yeah, and then simple ball over the top and Phil well, Jagielka think... and Ben Wilmot couldn't. Uh, no, it was Thompson and Wilmot, was it? I think couldn't sort it out. Or um, possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, I mean, they did quite well to force him wide. I think on the yeah. left hand side, yeah. actually, one of the problems we had on Wednesday against Middlesbrough was that Thompson and Fosu were both pushed quite deep, and they did so much better in that game on Saturday to push right up. And Thompson's not one for beating his man, but he he was one for moving the ball up the pitch at least. Yeah, I, I don't think you could say that he he looked catastrophically out of place. He, he no. looked he looked fine, um, but yeah, I, I do have to say I think after half time we didn't come out really really well enough to to 
I never felt we were getting back in the game. Um, no, and I think, you know, we had a couple of chances, one of which was Dwight Gale doing absolute bits to keep the ball and then somehow prodding it over. And Yeah. But it took a player doing something like what Dwight Gale did there for us to create a chance, really. And yeah. It's, and- it's become a little bit of a trope after half time for us, I think. Yeah. That is the main thing that worries me at this point is that after half time we seem really leggy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um I mean there's there's a hundred reasons why that could be the be the case. Um maybe they just maybe they just don't care enough. I think that's about what it is. that. They don't care. Um, what they need is a Churchill speech. <laughs> uh yeah, for people unaware, that, that genuinely was called for uh after after full time. Uh <laughs> this weekend um yeah uh it was just a very sort of depressing second half I felt because yeah we didn't we didn't generate enough to get back in the game but then the one chance we got which was almost identical to the chance that they got in as much as it was a long ball over the top that was misjudged we we just couldn't take our chance and Mm. Dwight Gale like you say did he did really well to get a shot away but having got the shot away I think he'll be really disappointed that it just spooned wide in Stoke City FC striker fashion, which I think it's he is. It's, gone through. Oh no, it, it, it's one of those things that that was a championship game, and that's yeah. exactly what you expect from a championship game. We we were the better side. They stayed in it for as long as they could. Um, they got a goal from a mistake, and we couldn't get a goal from their mistake. Yeah. And if you took the game in isolation, and in fact, I, I'm sure we'll come on to the the O'Neill stuff in a bit, but if this was a new manager who'd taken over at the start of the season, you would look at that game and say, it's a bit unlucky. There's a couple of things to work on, but you know, not, not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the old, uh, it's the old context, isn't it again, unfortunately, mm. where it just, you know, builds more and more onto that. So let's speaking of uh, context and, and, and things that have rumbled on for a long time, what did you make of our Lord and savior, Liam Delap? I thought he had a really good game for a 19-year-old. I okay. thought he looked <laughs> I thought he looked like he he was a bit too up for it at the start. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But he, you can he was... see he is what he said he was, which is he's strong and he's quite yeah. quick. And he's got a very good technique on the ball. You could see when he slowed down a little bit that Yeah, he, that was he is a good footballer. That that was my only real critique of him in as much as I think I think he played well don't get me wrong I think he played well for a guy who has played 59 minutes of league football or or however many it is um he looked like he he belonged and everything but I agree with you the first sort of 20 minutes he was just throwing himself around like an idiot um there was one the first time he got the ball he he shoved there like full back out the way and I was waiting for the foul and it never happened. And I was like, no, in nine, nine out of 10 of the championship games, that, that's going to be a foul, but yeah. okay. I'm all, I'm all for it. Keep going, Liam. And then, but then I agree when he actually, when he actually slowed down and put his foot on the ball, he looked a hell of a lot better than anything we've got so far. It's just, unfortunately by that point, I felt he was a little bit tired from his previous exploits running around, trying to bulldoze his way through everything. But, yeah, um, and I mean, he, he's absolutely getting through games on what you would imagine he's getting through games on adrenaline alone at this point, probably, isn't he? Yeah, there's a 19 yeah. year old in his first few starts, but I, I, I definitely saw enough that I would start him next week. 
and I'd start the same front two actually next week. I think. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd go with that as well. I think. Um, yeah, he's getting by on the adrenaline of also wanting to impress his dad <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> I did wonder about that because they were warming up, and I was like, just like, is he looking at his dad? Like, is, you know, like, does that actually change? Because I, I just can't imagine being a professional footballer and your dad's just there well, saying, like, you can only know from Tom Ince's stories. <laughs> Surely Rory's not like that, unless he was like launching things at Liam's head from like <laughs> 30 yards away. Or maybe that's how Liam developed his aerial game, you know, he had to, to get up and head head the things away that were being thrown at him. Who knows? New series, Who knows? insights into footballers' lives. But yeah, I thought he was I thought he was good value to start again next yeah, next time. Um, but yeah, maybe just a little bit more settled and hopefully a little bit more. Uh, dare I say system based rather well he'll than, have a he'll have a week in training now won't he yeah, rather, rather than, than a couple of days I, I just felt he was sort of yeah playing on the vibes of I my dad used to is a legend here I'm I'm playing here now I'm going to be great I'm going to do everything by myself and I thought I thought he was good to that end he got a nice reception when he came off which which was which was nice it's rare for a Stoke City substitute to get <laughs> to get that kind of reception um yeah, so I think that I think that was a positive we can take away um, from a game in which, unfortunately, we lost and has sort of reinforced things that we've spoken about before on this podcast. Well, I think um, I think the what the big benefit we can take is it does actually look like for the first time in five years or six years, probably maybe even more than that, that we've got a front line of four capable strikers in this league yeah whichever of those four we put in the front two is fine with me yeah and at this got a, point i think i mean aside from the fact i mean it was quite interesting to get a look at alice sims actually because mm. um obviously there was some interest in our on our part on in him I, I wasn't too impressed with him i have to say i thought he was a little bit um maybe he just didn't have his best game because i know he's been scoring for fun pretty much for them since he came in but it was interesting Watching him as someone who we were interested in, but I think I think the thing with the strikers is they're all pretty they're all pretty balanced. I think that's yeah. the right say. I mean, you've got sort of hard work and tons of energy in, in Brown, with maybe not as good finishing. You've got Campbell, who's I I think he's I still think he's probably until I'm proved otherwise the best finisher at the club at the mm-hmm. moment. You've got Gale with the sort of pedigree of Stoke pursuing him for 25 years before he signed. <laughs> Um, what can go wrong? Uh, <laughs> and you've got Delap, who's this sort of up and coming, very exciting striker. So I think there's a good balance there. It's just like you say, can we actually generate enough? Can we give them enough game time? Can we spread it evenly enough so that they all get a go and that yeah. they're all they're all contributing in some way? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And on the topic of energy and commitment. In the past couple of days, there has been, and well, not in the past couple of days, but in, in, in response to this game, other games, there's sort of been a an assessment, if you will, that the that there's just sort of a lack of effort at the club, which correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think for the first time in years, we actually don't have any real tossers at the club <laughs> anymore. Um I mean, do you do you agree with that or do you think or not. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 
the what has annoyed me about everything that's happened recently is I, I'm not particularly bothered, really, if O'Neill stays or goes. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of reservations about the structure of the club, about the Coates family themselves in a lot of different ways, and about what would happen if O'Neill did go. But my annoyance with the the things that have been spouted in the past few weeks has been that I don't understand what people are calling as a problem. I don't see the same things. So I, you mentioned just then the effort as being a big thing. I, I get the feeling now we're in a position whereby if we lose a game or if we're losing a game, we don't care enough. I I have a feeling that there is, admittedly, actually, only a section of the fan base. I really don't think it's as many people yeah. as it seems. I think I think just just quickly on that, I I, I thought largely the atmosphere was okay at the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean. I wasn't at the Borough game. I was too busy destroying county cricket. But um, um, and but the reports were all pretty, pretty bad. And then obviously uh, O'Neill had a <laughs> a word to say about the behaviour of fans at the end of the game with the booing and whatnot. So I was, I was sort of bracing myself for it on 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 Saturday. But I did feel, yeah, there was a, a it, it was a bit milder than I was anticipating. But having then gone onto I, yeah. Twitter, which I probably shouldn't have. And then they'd, then they'd start to see that, yeah, that, oh, they don't care enough and there's no effort and stuff, which I just don't, I don't get that from this squad. No, not at all. I, I, I agree with you. I think on Saturday, actually, the fan base was, for 60 minutes, it's pretty much pretty great, actually. There yeah. were no boos at halftime. They're not around me anyway. The, I think people recognise that we came out pretty strongly, actually, at the start. And we had a good half and we were unlucky slash a bit shit to concede. <laughs> um, but then you could see within 15 minutes of it getting a little bit tougher that it started to turn. And to be honest, in that game, I, I was angry at the time because of what people around me were pointing out and I disagreed with quite a lot of it. I I heard chance from very few people, admittedly, at the back of Block 19 for 4-4-2, which right. I... We're back, we're back I here. I, yeah, I couldn't stand that. But either way... The the, the Mike Bassett hardliners. Exactly, um. <laughs> yeah. But I actually thought the fans weren't too bad on the weekend in general. Um, yeah, I, thought, I think they yeah, were behind okay. people as much as possible. I ju- like you say, the effort thing is... To me, the effort thing is a hangover of police in that, well, if we've not won or if we've not played well, we've not tried hard enough. And actually, I think... What the board have failed to do, which is something Orphy pointed out, Orphy from Duckman mm-hmm. on uh, on mm-hmm. Twitter, and I thought was a really good point, was that the board have really, really failed to tell people what the expectations of a championship side should be. Yeah, Every no, single season we have been told the aim is promotion because they're scared of saying anything else. And that's fine. It's great that the aim is promotion. <laughs> but at the same time, when you say the aim is promotion and you have a side of what seven under 21 year olds or under 23 year olds whatever it was at the, at yeah, the weekend or, or or even people who just haven't played games particularly that much throughout yeah. their careers yeah exactly you've got Fosu who's had half a week's training Delap who's had two days training you've got yeah. a 40 year old at centre back a lad who was in league two <laughs> last season at centre back as well I always forget just how old Phil Jackelker <laughs> is. It's always like a, it's always like a proper anchor. It's a shock, isn't it? When someone says he's forty years old, and I'm like, God, yeah, I, I remember him like as a young kid. 
coming through. Like I remember him thinking, oh yeah, Phil Jagielka, he's quite good. And then it's like, oh yeah, he's here. He's 40. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I think what we've failed to do, and O'Neill does it sort of, um, but we've failed to articulate properly the fact that the championship is not the kind of league where you can have constant good runs. And I've, I've said this before about a lot of our fans, actually. I think a lot of people, when they say, I'd be happy with a push for the top six, I don't think on a game-to-game basis they're happy with that. I think when they hear a push for the top six, they think an exciting team that is winning most of the time. And that is absolutely not what happens in the championship. Yeah, I mean, you know, even we've, I think people have spoken about this before, you know, we, when, even when we got promoted, there were, there were vast portions of that season which were wholly uninspiring and, and not particularly good. Now, this is not me before anyone comes at me saying that I think the last two and a half years under O'Neill has been fantastic and he should get a lifetime in charge of the club. Absol- absolutely not. He, he is under, and rightly so, incredible mm-hmm. pressure. Because, because it's a results game. He's not getting the results. But I feel for the first time we've made real, real progress in the squad in terms of the characters we've got in there. The question which I've had and I've had since March, which is when I think he probably should have gone, is yeah. that I don't think he has the capability to get these motivated players to play at the peak of their ability. Absolutely. And I, and I don't think he will do that. But equally so, I think it's completely unfair to say in that game against Sunderland, for instance, we didn't put effort in. No, absolutely. And, I, and, I, and I think I think one thing, like uh, so the Borough game, again, disclaimer, I didn't watch it. I've seen, I think I've seen about half an hour and the half hour I saw was bad. Mm. But I think I think one thing that does happen in football quite a lot is if, it, if you are playing poorly, or not necessarily poorly, if the opposition is playing well, they can make you look like you're playing poorly and that you don't Mm. care. If they're pinning you back and you can't run anywhere because you've got to pick someone up and you're trying to mark, you will look like you're not moving as much or putting in as much effort. And I think that is something that is, it happens to us a lot. I think we are a little bit, I think timid is fair enough. Mm. I wouldn't say it's a lack of effort. I would say it's a lack of confidence. And that yeah. can manifest as tim- being timid. And I think that is the vicious cycle as opposed to, I don't know, somebody doesn't want to play, somebody doesn't want to be here. I don't think we've got that anymore, really. No, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I after the Cardiff away game last season, I thought there's no way he can stay. I was absolutely adamant he should be gone. Um, what has made me a little bit more patient this time is actually I think the, I think the issues have been different. I think in that run of games last season with Cardiff, Barnsley, Peterborough, Blackpool-ish time, um, we were starting, you know, midfield threes of Alan, Klukas, and it was was genuinely defensive football. And it was O'Neill not bottling it, but trying to scrape things out with a team that didn't fit that. Um, This season, I think, there's a few issues and most of them are lack of confidence. Yeah, no, I'd I agree with that. It was... You have inconsistent players and you have inconsistent young players who are scared. Not for any, you know, I'm not blaming anyone for that other than the fact that they're scared they're young players. It's kind of normal. 
and it's not acceptable in a sense, but mm. I've been willing to be less harsh on O'Neill at the start of this season because I see the difference, I think, in those issues. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think, I, I, like I say, it just comes back to, in my head, about I, I don't think he will, he will do it. No. And I, th- I think I think we both said in our in our predictions that we had Stoke finishing thirteenth. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's not it's not like it's not like we're having to realign our expectations here. It's just um, it's just sort of where we are. But I would I would much rather be having a defence with someone like Connor Taylor in it than mm-hmm. an Ashley Williams. And yeah. you know we we're probably going up with a roughly similar record to that season. Let's face it. Um, certainly if you extrapolate out it will be a slightly worse unless we pick up a win soon um, but I'd much rather that than than, than the like of Ashley Williams and, and whatnot but I, I can understand why people are pissed off I am yeah, pissed absolutely. off, I am not happy but my anger is more reserved for um, the club being stagnant in other areas which as you say Orphy pointed out quite nicely where yeah, the board don't lay out a coherent plan. They just say, eh, playoffs, eh, promotion. Um, yeah, it'd be nice. I want to be the yeah. best club we'd be. Have you, heard of FFP? Have you heard of FFP? It's really bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I don't think fans would tolerate if we, when we immediately came down them saying, oh, we'll be here for five years. No. This is but- how we're going to do it. But I think there's a happy medium between just saying playoffs and some kind of vague club direction that we're going in and what we've got at the moment and and what and that you know um yeah. you can't plan that far ahead but you can make allowances well i think um, what it smacks of is the fact that most of what the club is doing now in terms of the way the recruitment's going towards younger players cheaper players um bringing in the loans because we have to it smacks of to me Pretty much all of that seems like O'Neill. And pretty much all of the coherent strategy for the club in terms of longer term than game to game and recruitment and things like that seems like it's coming from O'Neill. And this is the issue we've had for so many years is that the way the Coates family wants to own the club is to say, here you go, manager. Here is some money, or maybe not if we can't because FFP. <laughs> um good luck, what do you want to do? Have a go at it, go on. And then the next manager will get in, will lurch to probably exactly the opposite way of doing things because that's the only way to fix it, surely. And- I just realised I, I should have prepared a Nathan Jones game where <laughs> I ask you to name all of our recruitment directors in the last oh four years. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, I'm never hosting again. I've failed. <laughs> you can boo now, everyone. Boo me right now. Yeah, so I think I think yeah, that's where we are as a as a club, and I think, but yeah, I think going back to the original point, I, I think that the claims that we aren't putting effort in are just are just totally unfair. And I, I also think I've also seen a couple of accusations that O'Neill doesn't have um, passion, which I find a bit weird because he he always seems to me like he's kind of genuinely hurt by results. Yeah, and. Absolutely. I think people mis- sometimes mistake passion for, you know, uh, 
gravy and bovril and gravel and Sean Dyche being mad at everyone and everything in a press conference, whereas it can sometimes manifest as him being pretty depressed on the touchline after a, yeah. after a loss. And I think he, I, I think he cares about this club a lot. Yeah. And I think that's probably part of the reason why he might be struggling because he's so, he feels that pressure so much to improve things that he doesn't want to really be brave anymore, possibly. Um, yeah. And like you say, that that is an entirely unfair thing to throw at him in terms of him being passionate. I, I don't really care if he jumps up and down on the touchline or, you know, screams like Joe Hart in the tunnel because it doesn't make a difference. You, there's a reason Roy Keane is not a manager anymore. Yeah. That, yeah. that isn't the be-all and end-all. I think the only thing that's been thrown at O'Neill that I can actually agree with is that I'm not so sure he's good at changing games or playing mm. against more variable systems. Yeah, but, it, is, it is a concern... That we look worse after half time a lot, actually. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's a pretty... But the stuff that I've seen thrown at him in turn, the, the main things I've seen are passion, effort, and the 3 5 2 system. None yeah. of those things I actually think are an issue at all. Yeah. I think if I anything, think actually, I think with the 3 5 2, he's recruited specifically for a system. We've got players that suit in every position, whether they're injured or not is a different matter, but still. Yeah, my annoyance with it has been the way that things have been levied at him has not yeah. necessarily been that's, aligned with that's, the issues. I, th- I think that's fair. I think. Do you think with the the half time thing? Do you think he, he 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 in his team talks he hits no gesture? Do you think that's what the problem is? He's he's no <laughs> I think gesture. He hands over to Holden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's either handing over to Holden or no gesture. Good luck out there. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what, and and you've got Phil Jagielka seeming confused or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. What we need is a throws bottle at wall. <laughs> <laughs> It'd scare them all. They're all they're all kids. They wouldn't know what's going on. You know, it's it's, it's it wouldn't be fair on them. Speaking of kids and speaking of confidence, what are we going to do about poor Joe Bursick? Because I am. Really, really concerned about the poor lad. I I like him a lot. I think he's got a, a lot of talent. I think he's got a really high ceiling and, and good potential. But I'm beginning to come to the conclusion that he's not going to realise it here. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, my biggest issue is that I think in this league, you can get away with being a very average type of goalkeeper but what you can't really get away with is not being a shot stopper. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, he was, what was it, second or third worst at underperforming in expected saves or whatever, expected goals conceded. Um, I can't imagine where he's at now after that. It's a fake fake stat, though, isn't it? So, Oh, yeah, thrower's not here. I can't use that. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, it's very worrying. I, I, d- I don't know what he does next week because I would be very tempted to just stick Bonham back in because at least, yeah. at least the defense has some trust. He, but then again, yeah. you saw well, some benefits of Bursic in the last game. I there were two or three genuinely exceptional passes that he played through to the front line actually, mm. that gave us chances. I remember one yeah. particularly to Fosu that was inch perfect, and we got a good chance from it. So, yeah. but I can't get away from the fact that if you can't save shots, 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's sort of developed what I have referred to as Angus Gunn syndrome, where he, he sort of just, a shot will fly at him and it just sort of goes in somehow. Like the, the, the header against Huddersfield, it was a, it was a tough, a, you know, it was a, I wouldn't say it was an easy save because it's it's gone over Taylor's head and the centre-backs, you know, got a good connection on it. But it is sort of straight down his throat and he just sort of throws his arms up and then falls down. And and this one, this one seems like one that if he gets contact with the ball, he, he should be able to just push it away. I don't see how he's quite <laughs> managed to no. get hands to it and not stop it. I can't quite work out the angles because when he got contact with it, like you said, I was just like, all oh, right, saved it. Oh, it's in the bottom corner. Oh, um, Yeah, yeah and then he I'm- kind of saved it by continuing it in the same direction yeah, that it started. Yeah, and I'm yeah, really was, not was, sure how that works. It was very odd. It, it just went through, and I, but like it, it stopped, it slowed down and it just sort of, I was, yeah, very odd. Um, but yeah, I, I think from that, well, before that he was struggling because he, he did that really bad pass to um, to Alice Sims. And yeah, it, I just, I just feel he's a bit frazzled. And yeah. at the start of last season, um, his stock was obviously, I'd say, higher than it is now because he 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 had that loan spell throughout the lockdown where he'd been absolutely fantastic, and and he'd come back and he was great and he I just got he just got promoted or in the playoffs with yeah. Lincoln or something. I think um, he got promoted twice, didn't he? Or something. I think similar. he did, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Um, and I made the point that maybe him going out on loan was not the worst thing in the world again because he'd he'd been on such a fast development curve since he came back from uh, from Donny and we had Adam Davis lovely lovely Adam Davis with his largely competent goalkeeping um and obviously that that didn't happen and I, I yeah I just I just feel for him I I don't know I don't no. really know what else he can do um and like you say it puts it puts O'Neill in a really awkward situation because if he drops him, that's that's a dagger to the heart of a young of a young goalkeeper who knows he's made a mistake. It also means Jack Jack Bonham has to start in goal, which isn't great well, either. Um, that's the big thing to me. I think it would be less of a dagger in the heart to Bursic if he were being dropped and Adam Davis were coming in. Yeah, yeah. Or, or rather, not necessarily Adam Davis, but that calibre of. Yeah, a a a, player. a quality goalkeeper yeah. who yeah, is a player, you know, an yeah. actual real life footballer. <laughs> um, not, not Andy Lonergan, then. Well, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> I did, I did laugh when I saw a team on Twitter earlier where someone was starting fielding, who I forgot existed actually. To be honest, so yeah, they, were, was... sorry, they, were, they were starting fielding. <laughs> fielding is in there, yeah. Why? Um, <laughs> but it, it's it's a shame. It feels like. We've always been quite good at goalkeepers, and yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? You, you look it's very worrying. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like if he, if he goes out on loan now, I feel like it's almost a, a panic signal to anyone else and saying, "Look, this this goalkeeper's struggling. Um, we don't know what to do here." And that that obviously, we the I think the idea is that we would sell Berthick on at some point, and. But he has to I'm perform not saying, for that to happen. Yeah, That's the yeah, problem. yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's a Butland situation because the Butland situation was entirely different in as much as we had what was probably a good offer on the table and we held out really stupidly. 
<laughs> um, and yeah, they walked away and signed a better keeper. Um, <laughs> that was Villa, I think. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, and I yeah. think similar for Joe Allen. Good offers yeah, on the table. Yeah, where where now you look back and you think the money that we'd have got, it was actually I think it's as much as or more than the profit generated off the stadium sale. Yeah, um, which and we wouldn't have had to play Joe Allen. So indeed, indeed, <laughs> lovely, lovely Joe. Um, just to update you uh, again, Joe Allen fans, uh, Swansea. Uh, did they lose at the weekend? Let they lost go. to they lost to Nathan Jones's Luton. They did. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. yes, narratives, narratives abound in that particular fixture. Um, but yeah, on the case of Bursic, I hope he starts against Blackburn mm-hmm. because yeah. I've seen enough of Bonham to know that he will lose you a game as well. So you may as well try and get the best out of the keeper who in theory could be great than the keeper who you know is crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. theory. <laughs> I, I definitely think Bursic has got at least two or three more games before he's anywhere near getting dropped. I, unless there's some other, you know, absolute game losing clangor. Yeah. And O'Neill yeah. feels under pressure. I, I can't see it. It's the same with Jackie Elker. I mean, he was, he was at fault for both goals against Middlesbrough, but you yes. can't drop him because no. what do you, you bring in Aidan Flint instead? So oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's just like, I. I don't want to be too harsh on him, but fucking hell, just, <laughs> just yeah, so bad. Um, and he didn't even play at the weekend. That's how bad he is. He's so bad that I'm just remembering him being bad from other games. Um, yeah, just a real. Just a real clangor of a signing. Um, yeah. I don't think. But, anybody, but sorry, go on. I don't think anyone expected much, but again, you, I think you expect a certain degree of competence. Yeah, which, I mean, he's a shit house championship centre back, so you'd have expected him to just be a shit house championship centre back. But it doesn't really appear like he can do that anymore either. No. <laughs> but that being said, we can segue on nicely into. Some fun oh, yes. news from the last hour yeah. and a half or so, yeah. so, which is that. Go ahead, you. No, no, enlighten us, George. Enlighten, enlighten the poll. Well, it appears from Twitter source that I have excitingly scrolled past, <laughs> um, so I can't remember who it is. But <laughs> if I stall for long enough, I'm sure I can find it again. Uh, it appears that we are quote close to the signing of. Matt Clark from Brighton and a permanent signing at that that'd be very nice that'd be nice here we go at Football League World or at Football League W sorry the most reliable of well I'm going to say they're reliable because they're saying something that I want to be true (laughs) (laughs) which which as we all know is the true measure of reliability (laughs) exactly Um, confirmation bias Um, that's the one yeah I think he'd, he'd fit in Really nicely. Um, it's the position we've needed, isn't it? And it yeah, it comes today as well after we've had some remarks about Morgan Fox being under yeah. under offer from a few different clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would presume that that's where the money for a permanent deal is coming from. Yeah, um, if yeah. any at all. 
if this or maybe you know kick kick some kickbacks down the line, or maybe maybe this is just some money that they think is worth is worth spending that they can afford yeah. afford to spend before the O'Neill sacking fund. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that'd be that'd be lovely. He'd, he'd fit in uh, on the left hand side of that back three, and I think he'd, he'd slot in quite nicely. I think we were after Definitely. him a few years ago, right? I think we, he was at Pompey, wasn't he? At some point, I yeah, think that was, might yeah. have been when we were after him. Um, because I, I, I think it was in the era where we were, we were either after Clark and I think Scott McKenna. Yes, and we yeah, we yeah. signed neither, but I think we signed Ben Wilmot, who is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, well, this I, is I, the idea of Clark coming into that defence actually makes it makes the case for someone like Jack Elka actually being able to drop out now. And I don't know if we'll see it from O'Neill, given given how young the players are, but could we see next weekend Wilmot, Taylor, Clark as a three, if that signing were to be made? Just realised that's David Brent's boss in the office, Jennifer, <laughs> Wilmot, Taylor, Clark. Um, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that would be look. That would just be nice, wouldn't it? That that has an air of competency about it, surely. That for at least fifteen minutes. Yeah, for at least fifteen minutes before <laughs> something happens. Um, I just want to give a shout out as well to um, Tariq Fosu for yeah, just just being quite nice on the ball and quite good. Um, just as yeah. someone who who I because obviously he played against Borough. I didn't see him against against Borough because again I was too busy supporting the skit. Um, but um, I, I was really—I thought he was good. I thought he was really nice. I thought he—he he has the potential to offer a lot. First fifteen minutes, he got in behind their their wing back quite a lot. Um, yeah. So I was—I was quite impressed with him. So I think that's quite a nice deal. And if we do, you know, move shape or change shape in a game, he can fit into another position a bit more Definitely. advanced. So I, I think he's a nice, quite a nice pickup on 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 transfer. Well, I think he offers he offers what Clark doesn't in that Clark is kind of your athletic, hardworking, not perfect on the ball, but competent player. I think you saw from Fosu the sort of thing you see from Timon, which is that when he gets the ball, he can beat a man and he can yeah. break a line. Yeah. And yeah. now that Timon is injured for as long as he is, that is a huge, huge help for our team. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it wasn't for Fosu being there, I would think we would really struggle. Yeah, I think I think he's I think he'll do a job, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone else leaving? Do we think so? I think the only other one was Etebo. That oh, seems God. to be. I, I always forget about him. Bless him. Well, I mean, Andrew's I've, I've been... fairly confident that he was that he's gone. He was off the other week. Okay. But, um, right. O'Neill said we don't know yet. Because I, all I all I've genuinely seen of him this season is Snapchat of him in Stoke training gear on trains. I don't know where he's going. Yeah, because he's not he's not at training. He's just around and in Stoke City training gear. So good luck to him. I yeah. say um, maybe he's an agency worker scabbing for the strikes. <laughs> yeah, he's actually fleeing the wrath of Mick Lynch. <laughs> um, all the while, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, but it would be nice to. You know, Fox has done a job. Etebo, I I don't think is a bad player at all, but clearly has higher aspirations. I, the only yeah. player we have left that I don't feel fits at the club is Klukas. 
and yeah. only having one of those is quite acceptable, to be honest. Yeah, and I think I think um, Klukas fits into this sort of bracket, which I, I was thinking about the other day. And as much as we've got a lot of, well, we in the past four years we've had a lot of players who have gone past a hundred appearances or so for us, and the vast majority of them are either at best been apathetic towards and at worst genuinely detested and <laughs> Klukas sort of fits I'd say about halfway along that 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 scale he's had some think, great moments he's had some real shockers how um, long is it four years he's been here now he he was a row at signing so yeah four years he, he, so I, was, I think it's two signed, years oh, sorry. yeah he was signed when he was injured if you recall and he didn't play a game for uh, yeah. about a month and it was very odd. And then he started playing and then uh, Rowett said he was a very attacking midfielder. That's, that's when I started to realise we might be in trouble. Um. God, I don't miss Gary. Oh, no. Well, I think for Klukas, it's two years of thinking, God, he's a player. And then two years of thinking, oh my Jesus Christ, is Klukas playing again? <laughs> so it's the definition of 50-50, really. Apart from against Swansea... Where yeah, he very true great, and we play Swansea in about a week or so, I think. Uh, oh, week. Oh, good point. Yeah, so we get, we wheel him out for that. <laughs> we we kill Russell Martin again because we keep we killed him twice last season. Because... Well, the good thing is we'll have to wheel him out because no one else will be left. That's true. That's true. Oh no, it's Joe Allen. Oh, I've just realised. <laughs> oh no! No little jokes. Only discourse. Oh. Only disc. Oh no, that's going to be awful <laughs> on so many levels. Um, I really hope we win that game of football. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Handsomely as well. <laughs> I would love to cut my ears at Joe Allen at the uh, end ju- of the game. Just, just for the sake of my sanity, and not even necessarily just getting at Joe Allen here, just in terms of everything. I just want to win that game and just forget about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that'd be lovely. Uh, yeah, so that's where we are transfers. So Clark, hopefully, if that's to be believed, will be coming in, and that will hopefully balance out the defence. We've got a ton of strikers, and we've got a ton of midfielders, really. So you know, we've got we've got options there. It's just what can O'Neill do to get them to get them working. Anyway. Enough about the crap team, the team that lost at the weekend, the team that we all hate. I want to talk about Stoke City women who won at the weekend against the Loughborough Lightning 3-0. And one of the nice things about this was um, before the game, um, there was a feature on the women's team. Mm-hmm. They went behind the scenes of the women's team and they really gave them some nice exposure, which was, which was really good. And I'm Definitely. hoping they keep it up because there's a lot of people who work very hard behind the scenes um, in that in that team. And it was nice to see them pick up a win. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's something that the club has, in my opinion, not done nearly enough with. Um, even actually, I, I watched the from the meet the board thing where they said, you know, oh well, we're doubling the women's wage, we're doubling the women's budget. Mm. Brilliant, great. But, you know, I still don't think there's a real view from the club that the women's team is worth properly investing in. So it was very nice to see that they got proper coverage. Um, there was a lot of sort of uh, build up to that 
you know, that day of games at, at Loughborough, because I know there were a couple of other games on as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was really nice. It's nice to see the fact that the Euros win has made a genuine impact already, just in a small way. In a yeah, yeah, and obviously we've got the uh, we've got the, the Luxembourg game at the at the sorry not the Bet three six five the Stoke City Stadium, um, as as it will be known. Um, yeah, I, I hope I hope they do push on with it because there's no there's no time like the present, right? You know? <laughs> Absolutely, and God knows we need any revenue stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just or just something to you know get behind and be positive yeah. about for once about the club on, on a large scale. Like it was nice. Um, they had um, John T in his uh, VR box or wherever he lives now. Um, they had a Meg Bowyer in um, doing the, mm-hmm. doing the preview. And it was just nice to hear from a, a side of the football club that I'll be honest. Yeah. Hasn't had that much exposure in the past no, five absolutely. years whilst we've been crap. And I think if, it's something that hopefully Simon King takes a look at and realizes, yeah, we could we could do something here. We can maybe innovate a little bit here. And who knows? Maybe that will translate across to the to the men's team, or hopefully yeah. some positivity will feed across, or maybe some kind of collaboration of ideas or approaches or something that just well, calm down. You are sounding yeah. <laughs> incredibly competent here, Doctor. <laughs> I've officially lost the plot. I'm suggesting, <laughs> I'm suggesting that teams work together for a holistic goal at a single football club. That's absolutely dumb. When that is not we, what this podcast is about. No, Thank you. It's not much. what this podcast is about, and it's certainly not what Stoke City <laughs> FC are all about. Um, this this is Stoke City FC are just about Liam Delap and being in a room on fire and sipping a mug and saying Liam Delap whilst the room on fire collapses around you. As there we go. Me. Yeah, that's it. Do we have anything else to talk about? Um, other than the Blackpool game, uh, the Blackburn game, rather. I'm not ah, sure if there's, yes. is there going to be a midweek? Are we doing a midweek this week? I don't know if we're doing a, I, a Wizards. I, 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 I think we'll leave the space open in case, in case yeah. they are, uh, other than to say Ben Barrett and Diaz plays Blackburn. He and does. He's, and he's from Stoke. I saw that he rejected a contract. Apparently, yes, as well, he has. So. He has. Yes, he's, he wants to leave. So good. Um, you know, bad for Blackburn. Good for everyone else in the league if he goes up a league. Hopefully. Well, I think we should go in for him, Doctor Matt. <laughs> I um, call me old fashioned, but I would like to go in with some ambition. Actually, Do you, I try. think you want. I think you want to play the uh, the the two eight formation that they used to play in like the eighteen hundreds, <laughs> where we just have like Jagielka at the back. And like a another an arrow, like, yeah, an arrow, and we just everyone just sort of runs towards the ball, um, and we just sort of bundle it around, and we bundle it into the goal. No one knows who scored because it's just like one cohesive mass of footballing talent, and it just ends up in the net, and we we win every game the with passion, model of with, football. with passion <laughs> and effort and commitment. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll leave out any. Any serious talk about the Blackburn game, <laughs> just in case there is a pod. Um, if not, I'm sure it will be dissected in depth. Um, uh, oh yeah, hippo feeding, hippo tank. These Ooh. these hippos are starving. They've not been fed in a week. It's a very good question. Yeah. Uh, who who are we feeding? 
I think I want to feed the concept of <laughs> professional fouls. Mm. Now, I want to be I want to qualify this by saying other teams committing professional <laughs> fouls onto my team. I absolutely love it when we do it. But Jesus Christ, that first half against Sunderland was Yeah, it was it was incredibly match, frustrating. <laughs> and the five subs means that at halftime they just took two of them off and thought that yeah. there's another two who can carry that on. Yeah, I did I did find myself being uh, drawn back to uh, Danny Murphy at the 2014 World Cup talking about I can't remember the game it was but someone was pulled back on an attack and Danny Murphy exclaimed good foul and that that is basically what that entire first half was yeah. as soon as we started to break forward they, they pulled us back or tripped us up and fair play because <laughs> it worked yeah. and it's within the laws uh, but yeah really annoying uh, so that's a that's yeah, I think that's that'll feed half the hippos. I think the other thing I am feeding to the hippos this week is the transfer window and its length and all the rumors because I'm sick of it and I hate it so much. Apart from the fact we just talked about it for about 20 minutes, <laughs> I don't want to see any more transfer rumors on my feed. I'm done, I'm so done with how many I've seen. I just hate, I hate it. I, I just want, I just want. Some guy at West Ham to tell me that they've signed like Guy Mal on a three-year deal, like it used to be in 2010. And back in my day, we had back in my 500, day. 500 page threads on yeah, yeah. Canopy Anchor. Yeah, and and Dave's views and all this. You know, it's not there's no fun to it anymore. It's all just it's all just nonsense and it's all just headphones. It's all just headphones. They're all just headphones, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree I, with that. I think these hippos, I think the hippos are fed. I was going to feed them Joe Bursick's wrists, but I think that's unfair. I'll probably need them. That's just a um, light snack, isn't it? Yeah, that's just a light snack. They'll, they'll melt anyway because they made a chocolate. <laughs> um, sideways yeah. laughing face. Sideways laughing face. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I, I have nothing more to say. So I'd just like to say thank you very much for joining me, George. Thank you very much. Very cathartic to speak to you yes. today. Always, always is. And uh, come on, Stoke, and be a good football team. Thank you. <laughs>